I went to 30 million subscribers on YouTube and I didn't show my face. Was the face reveal a mistake? Would you feel comfortable doing the rest of the interview without your mask? Oh God. Especially if we're getting more personal, I think I'm willing to take it off. Your face reveal now has over 50 million views on it. And then you took it down saying that I'm seriously putting the mask back on. What's the deal with the mask now? That's a really good question. Uh, everyone underestimates me. I'm going to be one of the biggest YouTubers in the world. What was the biggest sponsorship deal you said no to? Upwards of 500000 I think the biggest check I ever got from YouTube was a million dollars. People tried to send like drones over my house. Reach my family. Delete all photos of me. Take them all down. Do you feel like you're risking it all by going into music? No one really, no one really knows this, but... You're very good at what you do. We'll get right into this episode, but first I want to say, you know it, we know it, next year is creeping up quick. And if you want to win inside your niche in 2024, you need tech that puts you in the pilot seat. And the new HubSpot Sales Hub will help you close out the new year strong and kickstart your success in 2024. Teams can collaborate on every inch of the customer journey and keep operations running smoothly with a comprehensive prospecting workspace and powerful sales analytics tools that keep data connected across teams. Speed up your workflows and navigate your platform with ease with the A. AI-powered conversational platform, ChatSpot, and use AI Assistant to write copy, generate emails, outline posts, and more. They'll help you whip up assets and execute tasks that are used to take hours out of your workday. HubSpot Sales Hub also lets you accelerate every facet of your sales operation with precision, and with over 1,400 integrations, there are tons of ways to mix in new features. So finish out Q4 strong and gear up for the new year with HubSpot Sales Hub. Learn more at HubSpot.com sales. Dream, thanks for having me at at your rehearsal studio, man. I know you're about to go on tour. I know Elton John, ACDC, so many people have practiced right here and now you're doing it. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks for taking yeah, the time. Th- thanks for accommodating to my schedule. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I, I didn't know until you told me that I didn't know that that was the case that people were here. So that's pretty cool. I wanted to ask, of course, about the mask because, you know, your face reveal now has over 50 million views on it. And then you took it down saying that, you know, quote, I saw in your last video, I will also be wearing my own mask everywhere from now on. Yes, even in public. And I'm seriously putting the mask back on. But then recently you you took it off, you know. Um, so I want to ask, what's the deal with the mask now? Was was the face reveal a mistake? How are you going about it in terms of how you think about when you put it on versus take it off? No, I mean, it, it definitely wasn't a mistake. Before I just had like a paper mache mask or something and it wasn't like... It, it wasn't I couldn't see through it I couldn't do anything so I, I still wanted it to be a part of my like branding and, and, and a part of what I everything I did because it was a, a massive part of dream like uh, the mask obviously um, and I felt like after I did the face reveal like I, I, I never wanted to lose it because it's so cool and it just took a bit to develop a mask and like I had to go and do things and I had no mask I could wear that I could see through or anything so I'm not going to just you know not after face revealing not show my face for you know or not do anything for the whole point i face reveal so i could do stuff and then after it had been six months or whatever i was like okay well now it might be a little weird just bringing back i just start wearing the mask randomly and people are like wait what i thought he face revealed uh, that was why i decided oh, i'll make a satirical video with my friends kind of make fun of the fact and introduce and you know, talk about the mask and introduce it and then i'll you know i'll wear it for you know as long as i can at public appearances and stuff to mostly to get people talking and get people being like, who's that idiot wearing the mask and whatever. So, you know, I went to like the NBA finals and was on like, um, you know, the, on, on the court and, and you had a lot of people tweeting about that. I, you know, I went, I just went random places and put it on purposely trying to get in photos and stuff. So people would be like, why is he wearing, he's wearing the mask at dinner or he's wearing the mask, you know, wherever it is. You mentioned this quote recently from Stan Lee, the creator of Spider-Man, who said, one of the greatest things about Spider-Man is that he's completely covered so any kid can imagine who they are. But I also think people fall in love with Peter Parker. Yeah, um, yeah, that, that is the big that is the big thing. I like I, I even saw some of my fans um, like criticize the fact that I said that before and be like, 
well, we don't want it to be anybody. We, they take off the mask. We want, like, we want you, you know, and I'm like, it's not to say that anyone can be dream, but anyone could be like a dream. Anyone could, anyone could, you know, do what I did. I, I went to 30 million subscribers on YouTube. Um, I started with like a crappy laptop and I didn't show my face. And so in a world where there's so, there, there's like such high, like beauty standards and there's so, it's, there's so much is, is, uh, you know, put into appearance and, um, you know, in celebrities and stuff, um, being able to reach one of the highest, uh, accolades, I guess, in social media without having shown my face, I feel like is something is just, it's just proof that no, you believe in yourself and, um, don't, you don't have to care what other people think. I feel like so many people know the mask, they know a dream. It's almost like the Spider-Man of YouTube, but not as many people know Peter Parker, the guy behind the mask. Would you feel comfortable doing the rest of the interview without your mask? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, uh, I think if we're getting, especially if we're getting more personal, it feels like it's going more into clay territory. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I think I'm willing to take it off. Can I see the mask? Yeah, of course. See what it, how, how much did this cost? I know the makers yeah, of the too Batman much, mask. Too much. It costs way too much. How many of these do you have? Seven, <laughs> I, I believe. Six or seven. Six I, or I, seven. I'm a little spread out. So like if one breaks, I have access to one. I always keep one with me. And then I have backups and you know the main places that I travel to and stuff. So Yeah. Well, well I appreciate you doing this interview without the mask on and just yeah of course i feel i feel like it's more personal and to me i'm like i don't mind you know i don't mind it at all so. yeah how did you think about the moment of that face reveal because a few months prior you were getting 200 million views per month and then you know it started like leveling off and then you did the face reveal like were, were you thinking about maybe you should do it at the height like kickstarting or like like starting a new chapter for dream like how, how did you think about the timing of the face reveal with where your youtube channel was at that point in my in my from my thought process i'm like well the dip slightly before and the dip after was actually caused because of the fact that i went from never leaving my house to being able to leave my house yeah and so what do you think happened i was less active i posted not as much i didn't uh, you know when I, when I did i didn't practice minecraft as much so i wasn't as good at the game so like there uh, like a lot of that what i i say like oh that's that's why like oh yeah. i as soon as he knew you see like the month or two before it's like my views drop a little bit and you're like oh oh, oh you know it's because that's why i did the face rolls. no it's the opposite thing i stopped uploading i stopped doing stuff because i was like Oh my God! I'm able to actually go and you know do things now. And so I was planning everything, and I spent so much time like planning out. Oh, I'm going to this event, and I'm doing this, and I'm going to go to this Mr. Beast thing, mm. and I'm doing that, and whatever. And then afterwards, actually doing those things. And so like obviously, you can see my even my amount of uploading since then has been very low yeah. in, uh, comparatively. And I plan on uploading a lot more. And I, I that's something I obviously have been had my hand full with a lot of stuff. But um, but yeah, no, it had nothing to do with. Um, anything to do with like analytics. I was afraid because I, I, I had this big moment that I was gonna be due of revealing mm. my face and I didn't want that to be leaked or something where someone's like, oh, here's what he looks like. And it's yeah. like, oh, well, now my, now the moment's not as big because everyone knows what I look like right. or whatever. And obviously it paid off. So I'm glad that it, I did it. Um, but also there's many times where I was like, is this worth it? I don't yeah. know. And then. So it's almost like you had this ace in your pocket and you wanted to play it before somebody could play it for you or your identity could be leaked almost. Yeah. Well, it was more like a control thing. I was like, this is my thing and yeah. I'm going to do everything I can to make it so this moment's big. I want this to be my moment and I want it to be, I want it to go how I want it to go and I'm just going to do everything I can to possibly make sure it happens. Like I, I was very scared of, um, like I was overly paranoid for sure, but yeah. um, like I, I, I probably, I can count on, on one hand the number of times I left the house between 2019, uh, the end of 2019 to when I faced real. I went to like the dentist a couple times. Uh, went to the doctor once, went to um, the Spider-Man movie. Um, is that it? Is that it? Four? Is that it? Um, Over the span of two years. Yeah, two and a half years. I, I, maybe maybe I'm missing a time or two, but I just had groceries brought to me. I didn't, I never, I just didn't leave the house. So what? I dropped many shades of like <laughs> color. Uh, yeah. It, it became very, very pale. 
Um, but yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't ever really leave the house. But when I did, I was very paranoid. It's so like when I went, even when I said I went to the dentist, I went to the dentist in another state. Hmm. So I would drive four hours, um, or I'd be driven four hours just to go out of state, just because people knew I lived in Florida. Yeah. And I was like, if they hear my name's Clay, or they or they hear my voice and be like, wait, wait a second, um, then uh, then I'd be really worried. And it, I was like, I want this face reveal to be like my moment. And I don't want it to be. I don't want to risk even for a second like taking taking it away from me. Um, people tried to send like drones over my house and stuff, and uh, yeah, it was just a constant like. It was a lot of fear. Yeah, I want to rewind back because I think you were so thoughtful about your career on YouTube. And I want to ask like, how you're thinking about that with your career in music. I pulled some of these stats, Dream, that just blew my mind. Your first upload was July 2019. And less than two years later, you hit 20 million subs with only 100 uploads. Then a year after that, about you hit 30 million subs with just 112 uploads. And to put that in perspective, it took Mr. Beast 469 videos just across 1 million and you had already crossed 30 million. What was your plan when you started YouTube? And take me through those days as you were leaving the job that you had before that, because I think so many people try to do YouTube as a side hustle or prep for the one day to become a creator, but you executed on that plan flawlessly. How did you do that? Yeah, I mean, obviously there's a lot of luck. Um, there, I, I always start with that. It's the first thing I say, even though I, I also believe like, okay, well, it was totally my own. Like if I if I hadn't done what I did then, but I also believe that there's always that luck contributes to everything. Yeah. But I also believe that you make your own luck in a way where you have to be prepared and you have to be ready for luck to happen and then take advantage of luck whenever you get chances. Um, yes, yeah, so I, I had, obviously I, I worked before and then um, I really wanted to do YouTube my entire life. I wanted to be an author. I wanted, There's a lot of things I wanted to do, um, but YouTube was one of them that I've been you know, around for a very long time. I did you know some uh, management stuff uh, behind the scenes a little bit I did development for like Minecraft servers and stuff and uh, a couple of youtubers like Skeppy was a Minecraft youtuber that at the time that I did I developed some videos like some videos for and he did, did one on his channel and I was like why don't I do that myself that's this you know I could probably do it um, and then uh, I was like okay but if I want to do this I want to actually take it seriously because I've been doing YouTube for a, a very long time I've been I had been uploading random stuff on different channels and stuff for a very long time before 2019 but it was always just like fun stuff like me eating a jalapeno or something or like me reacting to a video or I don't know like it would just be stupid stuff um, but then I was like I want to actually like take it seriously and so I, I was like I need to come up with a plan so on and so forth and then I quit my job and my parents weren't very happy with that but because it was like hey you're quitting and you you haven't uploaded anything and like you, yeah I, under, I understand like like you're saying yeah small creators something are like trying to make it and then they quit their job or whatever but they're already actively uploading mm -hmm. and doing stuff I had nothing I, I, I didn't even my channel was inactive since 2014 or something I hadn't posted anything um, and uh, I didn't I had no upload so I was like taking a big risk but I was like I have this much in savings and um, I'm gonna go until I have this much in savings mm. how and much do you try. have at the time I had $20,000 in savings I had $20,000 in savings and I was like I'm gonna go until I have 2000 mm. and then I have to go back to my job mm. um, and so that was the time frame I had and I quit in December and then uh, my first video like you said was in uh, June July July yeah yeah um, it was July 7th or something. And so um, so from January to July, I just like planned and studied and uh, was thinking about what, you know, how to take on YouTube and, and um, you're writing documents about like, oh, I should try this and this and, um, and you know, do, still trying stuff with like Skeppy and Bad Boy Halo and other like Minecraft YouTubers that were smaller, like, so I could testing on their channel or mm -hmm. whatever like oh here's this idea whatever and like seeing, what like what were some of the things um like, like well development plugins like uh skeppy did like um a bunch of like random challenges and stuff and that i ended up doing a lot of that on my channel but it was more like how things like he did uh, like one of my first videos was a cursed minecraft video mm -hmm. and he did some similar stuff to that and i coded some of the stuff that he did um so it just it, it was just getting more experience with that and more connected with it and i'm trying to read the comments on his videos and stuff and just pay attention but it was a lot of like studying almost for uh which because i was like if you do it with any other job 
you study and you, you have classes and stuff. And there's not, there's not, there's not that for YouTube or mm -hmm. social media. Um, but I kind of made my own classwork, just like how I learned to code and just, you know, like how I learned to write or whatever. Like I never really took coding classes. I just watched YouTube videos and read online. And every time I had a problem would Google how to fix it or whatever, or look into it or be like, think critically about it and be like, hmm, how would this work if I was, you know, if I, if I had to think about it. Um, so I did the same thing with YouTube. I was like, I should take the same approach. So I did. And then um, obviously, yeah, like I said, there was a lot of luck and there was a lot of um, uh, uh, my preparation that went into it. And then when I uploaded my first video, it, it did really well. And then I, every video I just kind of did more, you know, did better and better. Um, and uh, and then, uh, yeah, I, I barely, I, I just before I ran out of my savings, I uh, got my first YouTube check. So I was like, okay, I'm good. How did um, you think about being a faceless channel versus uploading as clay talk, talk me through the branding of dream hmm. so fa the faceless thing is coincidence i i um obviously when you're playing minecraft you don't have to show your face mm -hmm. i was a shy kid i didn't i didn't really show my face i didn't have there was not like i mean there's family pictures and stuff but there yeah. wasn't many like i wasn't plastered everywhere because i didn't really take videos or pictures of myself and when i did it was like mostly when i was a kid later on i was just like a computer nerd that was just coding or whatever and i didn't i wasn't like oh hey take a selfie me on the computer like i didn't even have a phone so yeah um i was like all right um and uh, i didn't have social media I had uh, my first social media I ever got. Uh, well, actually, like, I think I got like Snapchat because someone wanted to streak with me in like 2017 or something. Mm -hmm. But uh, my first real social media I got was like Instagram in like late 2018, like not that long before I did uh, like post my first video. I got Twitter in like January 2019 or something. Um, and so I, didn't, I wasn't a social media kid, so I had no pictures of me. Hmm. And then I blew up really quickly, so I didn't. I never had a chance to like think about showing myself. I guess I just didn't really. I just played Minecraft, and so you don't need to see me. You just you see the Minecraft. Hmm. But then people started drawing art of me in a mask and with my smile that I had on my my logo, and I was like, that's really cool. Um, and again, so it's like the same thing with like luck, where it's like you make your own luck. Like it was lucky that you know, fans and stuff saw that, but then also it was me being like, that's a really great idea. I can capitalize on that. I can make that a you know part of me, and taking that and being like, okay, go reach my family, delete all photos of me, take them all down. I'm going, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be faceless, and then recognizing even in that moment, like there's a moment there for a face reveal later on. I made my first video joking about the face reveal early 2019 or like late uh, late 2019. It was like a. Uh, it, I deleted it a long time ago, but it was like a face reveal troll, and it was like in huh. uh, me faking the face reveal, and it was like uh, November or something in 2019, and it was like me being like, uh, I, the video was titled face reveal, and the thumbnail was like a blurry picture, and it was just mm. fake. It wasn't there, there wasn't a face reveal in it. Everyone's like, oh, you trolled us, you know, whatever. So I had that I, that concept of the face reveal back in you know back then, um, but it, it was a very quick thing. It was like going from I wasn't planning on being faceless to like I need to capitalize on this like right now and and uh, be faceless, and then it, that. That's how it happens. So. Yeah, I think you're so good at seeing something organic and then turning it into something. I think that's strategic. one of my strong suits. Because I think like the best type of marketing is marketing that doesn't feel like marketing. And so the best way to make something that is that can help grow your brand or grow you or or, or advertise something is like if something happens, taking advantage of that moment because mm. it is natural. Then so if it is natural, then it feels natural. And if mm. it feels natural, then it doesn't feel like you're watching an ad or that you're or that like you don't want it to feel like you're like oh so you're so methodical and everything you do is planned and mm. like therefore it's weird it's almost weird because you don't it just feels unauthentic it's yeah. like oh i have this list and this is all the things i follow it's like it's kind of like uh, even with like the dream smp i don't know how much you know about that yeah, but like the whole it's, it's very similar to that where like the whole thing isn't wasn't scripted but you had these bullet points where it's like you want to hit these and then when things happen you can erase one of those and move to something new because hmm. it's improv so it's like i'm kind of improving my marketing improving my strategy where i'm like i have these bullet points i want to hit and every now and then i'll change one because of something that happens but you know everything in between is improv and deciding how and when and, and what to do. So, 
talk to me about the dream SMP. For somebody who doesn't know what that is, can you explain that and just the fanfare and the cultural relevancy around it? Mm. Yeah, so the Dream SMP was a Minecraft server, um, but the way that you can kind of view it is like we almost had like an anime. You could mm. you could watch it like an anime, and it mm. was like storytelling. Um, but the, the only the unique thing about it was that um, you know imagine a reality show where every person in the reality show had a camera on them, mm. and you got to choose which camera you watched. That was kind of how it was. So you got so we everyone was live streaming their own perspective. So like if you wanted to watch. If you if you saw some a character you're like I really like that character that's my favorite character mm. you just watch them and you watch them twenty four seven and you know what they're you know all their motives you know what they're thinking what they're doing in this overarching show and so we, we did the show it was improv and it was like an anime and you could watch any perspective which was something that had never really been done before it was a very interesting form of storytelling where even the the small side characters were major characters because you could watch every second of their arc and know what they're doing when no one else is around and know what they're doing in the story. Um, like if they're plotting a betrayal or something, you know that because you're yeah. watching their side and you're like, oh my God, I see this small little guy is trying to become a, he's trying to take over or something. Um, and so it was really cool. And that, that built a big fandom around it, where around people and, and especially because uh, like a reality show, they're real people. And so it's, mm. everyone was playing characters, but everyone was like playing characters within themselves. Like mm. I was playing dream, but I was playing like an evil dream. Yeah. So it was like, I, but I still, it's still dream. And a lot of times my personality would come through and I, it came through in many different ways, but everyone very much like kind of partially played themselves and, and their names were their names and that was the character names. And um, so it, a lot, there was a lot of people that built like a, a attachment to characters and, and the story and everything. And um, there was a lot of awesome animations and stuff done with it and fan art. And it really pushed it to being like a, a very big, story yeah and i think the people you brought on ended up growing massive audiences like i think a lot about it in terms of the music industry you know artists like diddy started off like putting out his own stuff then he almost started shows like making the band where he could choose different artists and give them a platform it sounds like you did the same i'm curious how did you choose who could be part of the dream smp like how did you go about thinking about who would be around you yeah well i mean i i surprisingly i think the this is kind of crazy but the dream smp i feel like uh no one really no one really knows this but um i never streamed myself a single time um so i never i was never live you can never watch my perspective um i didn't make a single dollar off of it um i never made money off any creators there was no contracts there was no money involved at all which i think was a big reason why people were so willing to be a part of it i never uploaded a single video on Hmm. my channel about it on any of my channels on i uploaded one video that had that all the money went to charity on my second channel at the end of the s p like Hmm. basically um, and so I, ne- I never, like, uh, I-, I never did anything with it. I, ne- I never made any content off of it anywhere. Mm. I appeared on everyone else's, so like, it, it was a bit, and also it was called the Dream SMP. So yeah. it was a big of spreading my name and spreading and spreading that. And I, I would say it was in a lot of content with other people. I was yeah. on, you know, a lot of people's videos. Um, but but I never actually like made content myself. So I, I feel like you can. It's crazy. This massive project that was like one of the biggest things in Minecraft history. Minecraft's one of the biggest games in the world. You could take that away from my my like resume. And I and almost drop nothing hmm. in terms of like subscribers and followers and views and all that. You, you almost lose like nothing there, which is uh, such a crazy, to me, I'm like, that's one of the craziest things. Like the, the, I don't think people realize about that. I'm like, that's, that is insane to me at least. Um, but yeah, I, I very much was like more behind the scenes on it. And um, in terms of like adding people, it, it was, I was, it was like kind of yeah, recruiting almost. Like I think everyone that, uh, you know, went from the Dream SMP that went from, you know, here to here or whatever, um, they, I think that they would have gotten there eventually, no matter what. I think mm. that they were incredibly talented people. But in the same way that I say, like, someone will be like, oh, you're the best Minecraft player. And I'm like, no. The best Minecraft player is some kid that's, like, you know, 24-7. He's, you know, 13 years old, and he's 24-7 playing, and he gets home from school, and he grinds it every day, like like I used to or whatever. 
but no one knows about him because he's not a YouTuber or he's mm -hmm. not, you know, whatever. In the same way that, you know, if you give that person the spotlight, if I was to, you know, recruit him and have him be on a team, then he would, everyone would be like, holy cow, and then he'd, you know, blow up. And it wouldn't be because of me, it'd be because of him because he's awesome and he's amazing at Minecraft. But I just would be like, oh, I recognize that and I'm going to put a spotlight on you or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was a lot with the Dream SMP people. Is there, I, I just would see a talented person and be like, this person is massively talented. I want them on the server because people are going to love them and they're going to be massive and they're going to bring attention to the server, attention to me, attention to everyone and, and also benefit the viewers because they love watching talented people and genuine people. And um, so if, uh, uh, there wasn't really many requirements. It was just like I would I'd see somebody like you know foolish uh, gamers who's one of the people that was added. Um, he was literally a, a, a reactor on YouTube to mm -hmm. my videos. He would just react to my videos, and I was like, "This guy's funny, and he you know he's uh, he seems uh, genuine and nice." And I reached out to him. Do you want to join? Yeah. Now he's you know now he has a, a you know he does a ma does streaming every day on Twitch and um, and uh, has a massive audience that he totally deserves and mm -hmm. he totally built himself completely. I think that opening opening that door for people to me. Is like yeah, you, it's the like same thing with like yeah, you can lead it, you can't, you, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force it to drink or whatever. It's the same thing. Like you can be like, oh hey, here, here's an opportunity, take it or leave it. And then um, I think a lot of people, uh, the, the biggest reason for the success of the Dream S&P was so many people took massive advantage of the fact that they had that spotlight put on them. And because I didn't stream, if you wanted to see me, you had to go watch one of the other streamers on the S&P. Like if you're if you're one of my 30 million fans and you want to watch me on the server. You have to watch through Foolish, or you have mm -hmm. to watch through Tommy, or you have to watch through Wilbur, or you know whoever's on the server. And so it, it, it helped build a big community where it's like everyone was kind of watching each other and you know, rating into each other. And um, yeah, so. yeah, it's it's so fascinating because it feels like the new evolution of a content house where <laughs> you know that was a huge wave that happened, and and it would almost be as if like Jake Paul started Team Ten, um, but let's say he was having everyone in Team 10 blog, but he didn't show up in the in his own blog, he showed up in everybody else's. It sounds like what you did was just a modern evolution and, and maybe even a more selfless version. Well, yeah, I think it's interesting. I think, I think like, uh, like uh, I think I, like one of the biggest things early, like early on that I realized was like, okay, I'm not bringing money into this. Mm. I was like, I don't care how much I, I lose from, you know, not bringing money into it for, you know, whatever reason, um, because it'll make things so much easier. Yeah. It, money causes so many problems. Like, and it makes it much more complicated if you're, if money if money's involved and so i was like i don't i'm not going to attempt to make money off of it it's just it's it's a passion project it's for fun and there's so much benefit from it outside of that and mm. um you know it's 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 not that you're losing money you're just not getting money that you could get or whatever and so yeah. it's like to me i'm like whatever who, who cares um and so it is it's it's it is like it's selfless but at the same time if i thought that oh i could you know i i could make money off of it and also cause no problems and everyone be happy obviously i'd be like okay sure yeah we'll make money off of it um, but in my mind i was like it just wasn't worth the headache and mm. there's it makes things more complicated and there are contracts and there are things that uh, make it make it a lot harder and so I was like cut it out and and everyone's everyone's just friends having fun and that that kept it genuine I think mm. that was a big a big a big driver was was that I don't know if it was like a content house but it was like it was just a, you know a group of friends having fun and yeah. um and not not everyone was trying to suck money out of it which mm. made it a lot more genuine and a lot you could tell you can tell when something's genuine and when yeah. something's like just a money grab or whatever so are there other examples where you left money on the table because it seems like you're playing the long game where a lot of other folks are playing the short game like are there other things where you're like you know what i'm not gonna take money from this but it'll be better for the long term as a result are there other examples
Hey guys, we'll get right back to the episode. But first, I want to talk about the Surf and Sales podcast, which is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, which we're also a part of. Richard Harris and Scott Lees have teamed up to bring you their best advice from their own experiences, as well as what they see sales reps do right and equally do wrong, so you could bring out the best in your craft as well. They are no-nonsense podcast that gets deep into real and interesting topics. And personally, I really like the episode where they talked about when first-time founders should hire their first salespeople. So if you're an entrepreneur or just interested in sales, I think you'll like this podcast. So listen to Surf and Sales wherever you get your podcasts. And now back to our episode. There's been times where there's been people, I mean, obviously there were sponsors that were clamoring to get on the man hunts and yeah. I, I did a couple sponsors but but I was I felt I was like I don't want to do a sponsor every man hunt and they'd be like mm. we'll give you a lot, a lot of money yeah. and I'm like well sorry I don't want to put one on this one because I did one on the last one yeah. and I want, I want this one to be you know whatever and so it was the same thing with as going in I was like well I'll do one on my, one of my other videos or whatever but the man hunts is such a big you know moment that I don't want to have an ad in every single one yeah. or whatever um, which I don't even think would be a bad thing but it was more of like a long-term thing where I want, I, you know, it, they started offering that big money and stuff when it was already like a legacy series almost where I was like, this is a history for Minecraft. Mm. And I knew I was going to end it eventually. I wanted to, it's one of the things where it's like you either die a hero or live yourself, you see yourself, whatever, become, become the villain. villain. Yeah. I felt the same about Manhunt. I was like, I can milk it for another two years or whatever, mm. but I'd rather do a finale and have it end when it's, when it's at its peak. And so I, that's what I did. And so one of the biggest series in Minecraft history, and I just stopped doing mm. it voluntarily yeah. when it was still getting 50 million views or whatever and so that, i think that was a big part of like now moving forward people are like oh like even again with the, going back to the view thing it's like oh well, yeah your views on yeah i mean if i kept doing manhunt then I, <laughs> my views, i'm looking for the next manhunt i want to do a new thing that's going to mm-hmm. be just as exciting and just as fulfilling and, and fun for me and fun for my audience and stuff so um i money, leave money on the table same thing there manhunt i mean yeah i could i could have milked manhunt i could have done 10 more videos or whatever but in my mind it's like i want that to be i want that series to be remembered as mm this was one of the best series in Minecraft history or whatever. And then I want to move on and make a new one. And if I never make a new one, never find one, then, oh, well, then I have this one that's amazing rather than just driving it into the ground and making, you know, more money off of it or whatever. I already have, I have make good money. I don't need, yeah. I don't need the extra whatever to risk, you know, re, you know the reputation of the series or whatever. So oh, what was the biggest sponsorship deal you said no to? Um, that's a really good question. Uh, probably upwards of 500,000. I, I don't know the exact amount, but people, I mean, yeah, there was big offers for, um, um, I know, spe- I can think of a specific one that was 550,000. That was for a manhunt. And I was like, I, I can't do one on this one. I did one on the last one. I'll, you know, maybe, maybe if you want to do the next one, maybe I'll consider it. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Some of your videos got a hundred million views, 124 million views, mm-hmm. uh, at the height of it. What's the most you were making off of YouTube in a month? I think the biggest check I ever got from YouTube was a million dollars and that mm-hmm. was in one month and it was from, I think that was my biggest month. That's not a common occurrence. I'm like, Oh, I'm raking in a million dollars a month. Um, but, uh, but I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know what I was averaging a month or anything. And I didn't, I, a, a lot of it was, I was so focused on just grinding content every day that I, I could probably better tell you now, you know, what, which I won't, but what I make right now, then I, then I could tell you what I was making two years ago because mm-hmm. I was just so in the mindset of just, I, I wasn't, I wasn't even like looking a lot of times. Like sometimes I would check and be like, holy shit, this video was demonetized a week ago and I didn't realize and I haven't been making money because it's like a copyright claim or something. And I have to go and like fix it. Uh, I bet you right now, if I go on my phone, there's probably, I probably have a copyright claim on a video that I don't know about. And I'll be like, <laughs> oh wait, I've not been making money off that video for a month. Oh shit, let me go fix that. Which is just stupid. But at the same time, it's like, I just, I, I haven't, I, I also don't want to be like, oh yeah, I don't care about money. I'm not looking, you know, whatever. It's just like you get in this mindset where you're more focused on just putting out mm. content than you know, caring as much about that. So I, I, I spent a lot of money. I, I took a lot of my money and reinvested it in people and mm. my family and 
um, friends. And uh, one of the stories I've told is a, a lot about how whenever I first made money, um, I took the first uh, the first twenty thousand dollars I ever made, and um, I divvied it up uh, to each of my family members, and just gave it to them, no strings attached, and was like, here it is. And I did it. For like slightly, slightly, again, you can say it's like selfless, but for me it was it was not a selfless reason. It was like mm. I don't want to. I, I want to be able to feel like I can risk it all, yeah, and then not feel like I'm a complete failure and like want to fucking jump off a bridge or something. I'm like I want to be able to risk it all, and then feel like no matter what I did good. Mm. And so when I was at that point where I was making a decent amount of money, you know, I was making I was made enough to obviously have twenty thousand dollars to divvy up. Um, I was like, okay, I'm at a point where right now I want to be able to risk it all and feel like I I'm still successful and so I felt like by giving my family that money that even if I failed at that point that I'd be like I I made my family able to go on that extra vacation they couldn't or able to pay off that debt they couldn't or able to you know invest in something they couldn't or you know whatever it is and that was the same for you know, my, my family members so do you feel like you're risking it all by going into music because it's so hard to conquer the mountain of YouTube and you got to the top so quickly why not continue making those videos and make that your focus versus I'm still, going yeah, I'm, still, to music. I'm still making uh, Minecraft videos and I still I still want to make YouTube videos as well and I still I've so many I've so so many exciting plans like I it's something that's more like I I never thought I would top manhunt mm. um I I for the first time it, like I've, for so many, even during Manhunt, after Manhunt, I was like, ah, no, there's. Yeah. I'm like, look, man, people are like, how are you going to top Manhunt? I'm like, I'm not. Manhunt's yeah. just man, it's crazy. And, and give for people who may not have seen that video or are familiar with what Manhunt is, give quick context. So Manhunt is a series I did where um, I did a, a series of videos where I would speedrun Minecraft and have my friends try and stop me from beating Minecraft, mm -hmm. and then I would add a friend, so it'd be like two friends, three friends, four friends against me, um, and uh, and there, it was like a best of you know five series, so each one would have five videos or whatever, or, you know, three to five depending on what happened. Um, and uh, some of those videos have over 100 million views. Some of those videos have, uh, uh, you know, 50 million. They all, they pretty much all have 50 million plus views. And um, there's almost no Minecraft gameplay videos that have even close to that. Like, there, uh, there's I'm the only YouTube channel that has over two that has two video, multiple videos that have over 100 million views for Minecraft gameplay. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm probably of the those manhunts that of the top like 100 Minecraft gameplay videos ever. Probably every manhunt is in the top like 20 or something mm -hmm. or top. You know, 50 or something um, so it was a very it was a massive like series on YouTube um, that I stopped obviously but anyway, after I stopped it I was like okay there's no way I'm I'm topping that but I feel like I am gonna, going to now because um, recent ideas and stuff and stuff that I've been working on I'm like okay I'm I, I got this this is this next one is uh, big news um, so I'm excited for what's coming up but yeah I didn't I don't think it's risky because I'm like I'm doing it it's a passion thing I'm a storyteller I tell whatever Avenue I tell stories through I can tell it through YouTube I can tell it through books I can tell it through music I can tell it through live streams I can tell it through an interview, you mm -hmm. know, but I'm a storyteller, and so I love telling stories, and um, so I, I don't, I don't really look about look at the risk and just look at like, well, this is where I'm, how I want to tell my story. If there's a story to tell on whatever platform I'm telling it on, that's what I'll focus on. Mm. Obviously, for a long time, I, I was obsessed with music, you know, especially right now, um, to tell tell my stories through that that way, and then they'll, I'll, you know, it's, uh, I'm going to be obsessed with telling this story whenever I, I mm -hmm. you know I have the time to with Minecraft stuff so yeah what is that obsession look like right now and what is the plan for going into the music industry it seemed like when you went into YouTube you were so methodical took a lot of time to study what are you noticing about the music industry where is it broken where do you think you could innovate where others haven't yeah I mean I took a very similar approach to like music I did with YouTube um, I obviously my last song before this EP that I, I'm putting out is uh, was a uh, um, like two years ago. Mm -hmm. So what, what do you think happened during that gap? I just mm -hmm. was like, oh, I'm not going to. No, no, I was obviously I was doing stuff, of course, but at the same time as before with YouTube, where I took six months to 
look into things, but I was doing nothing else. That was all I was doing. But now mm. it's like I have YouTube and I have all these other things. So even though there was a you know year and a half break between music, I wasn't just like spending a whole year and a half on like studying music or anything. But I did look into, you know, like singing and uh, production and writing and how just how, how how things work in the industry. There's a a big difference between like being a YouTuber and being a musician. Mm -hmm, big time. And um, there's a lot of things that I've learned since going in that I'm like, wow, that's really helpful to me as a YouTuber. And also that's really helpful to mm. musicians. And there's also things that I've told musicians and stuff that have been like, wow, that's really helpful to me as a musician. Mm. But because there's there's shared there's similarities between what you do yeah. um, and you are just social media at the end of the day. How do you think about the marketing of your EP? I think like the marketing of your channel, the branding was genius and simple. How are you thinking about that for your music? Obviously, it's called to whoever wants to hear. So mm -hmm. uh, it, in terms of like marketing, it's to me, it's more like it's just a genuine. This is my first step into music. It's my first step in putting on my first project. I wanted it to be meaningful. I want it to be something that I can look back on in 10 years when I have however many projects and be like, this was powerful. This was my first you know, project. Um, obviously, the first lyric is uh, on the first song is it's 1999 and the final lyric, which is when I was born. And the mm. final lyric is until I end up dead on the very final song. Yeah. So it's like a, a story of my life that I can mm. look back on, hopefully, and be like, be proud of and be happy with. Um, and so I was I was more focused on, again, that where it's like anyone who wants to listen to my music, check it out and, uh, and you know hear it. If you want to hear it, you want to hear it. If you don't, then you don't. And I hope anyone that does hear it connects with it or feel gets feeling from it. Um, and so, uh, you know, a, a lot of my, uh, you know, marketing approach to this album was just making sure that it's good and making, yeah. and making sure that it's, it, it's full of genuine stories. And also just making sure that people know in the same way with the two, whoever wants to hear it's like that I'm not, I'm, it's not a money grab. It's not a, it's not a, Oh, Hey, I want to, Oh, I'm a YouTuber and I'm just going to, you know, strut into the, you're, you're going to watch it because I'm a YouTuber. You're going to listen to it. It's like, no, I want you to listen to it because it's good. And if it's not, don't listen to it. And that's, yeah. that's what I want. That transition. I've interviewed a lot of creators who that transition into any other field, but YouTube is tough. You know, I did an interview with Danny Duncan and he's had millions of views on his videos yet getting into retail was hard. And then when he did, he sold $150 million worth of merch. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering with all your viewership, was it hard to get signed? Did people understand that as you got, went into the music industry? I mean, you're signed right now by the same label that represents Post Malone and a lot of other big artists. Mm -hmm. um, take me through like that transition. Was it easy? Were there things that you felt like you were underestimated about? Like, yeah, how I mean, did I, that I feel like it's still an active transition. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I think that um, uh, there, there's a lot of things that uh, like I feel like even within the gaming space, there's so many people that don't understand uh, like like streaming won't understand you know, VOD and VOD mm -hmm. won't understand streaming and then these different companies don't understand each other and then everyone under, under everyone underestimates me everyone underestimates uh, people that are that are like from YouTube or from things no matter what YouTubers get underestimated a lot in terms of their poll in terms of their ideas in terms of their intelligence in terms of you know whatever and so I also am smart enough to be like hey I don't I know what I don't know or sorry mm -hmm. I don't know what I don't know mm -hmm. so like I'm willing to you know be like hey guide me please like label mm. to g give me guidance um but i've slowly over time when i said it's still a transition is i've slowly over the last like you know i've been signed for uh you know eight months now or something mm -hmm. nine months um i've slowly over those like last nine months gotten more and more comfortable being like okay now i know a little more about what i don't know and so i i know enough to be like to question things but like mm. why don't we do it this way or it's like mm. a good example is like um like behind the scenes like the, we did a behind the scenes video for um uh uh, for my obviously until I'm dead yeah. and uh, they, you know going through the label and, and everything and it was like oh we, we got to make it three minutes and we got to make it the same length of the song and have mm -hmm. the song playing and it counts you know whatever and then we were making it for Everest behind the scenes I was like uh, I got sent all the footage and I was like can I just make this like an hour long like can I, can I just edit whatever footage is good and just put it up however long I want it to be um, and uh, they were like we've never like thought about that You're like why and I was like well I've done it with like my other videos and you go to my second channel I have a video that has 50 million views that's you know three hours long and it's just it's literally just 
raw footage of behind the scenes of one of my videos. Like that's mm. all it is. Um, and people are just curious enough to go and like watch it. And I was like, people will make their own content and they'll you know make TikToks and whatever. And I was like, even if it doesn't end up being getting more views or whatever than it would if if you do it short. I just, it was just a, an interesting question, and they 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 took it as interesting. They're like. We never been asked that. It's just mm. interesting. And then, you know, who knows if it's good or bad, but it's just a question that should be asked. Like, and those are the type of questions I'm, I'm getting. I'm asking more of those questions that are like being responded to by with like a, hmm, I guess we can try that or, you know, whatever. And so I think that that, that was one of them specifically. And like, I think that it's the longest behind the scenes. Like I, I was like searching on YouTube. I could not find a single behind the scenes music video that was longer than it. And I was like, Interesting. I need like a world record for that or something. Dude, that that's what I'm most excited about is you going into this industry with the experience and the perspective that you have. What are the things that you're telling yourself now? I was researching that you've manifested a lot of things by just repeating them over and over to yourself. Are there certain things that you're saying like, I want to be one of the world's biggest musicians. I want to continue to be one of the world's biggest creators. Like, what are you telling yourself now behind the scenes that you hope comes true in a year, two years? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, it's 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 a lot less specific. Like even in the past, when I've been like, I'm gonna be, yeah, I'm gonna, oh, I mean, I, yeah, I did used to be like, I'm gonna be one of the biggest YouTubers in the world. Like I'm just, I'm going to, I'm just, I'm gonna do that. Um, and so obviously that, that ended up happening. Um, I feel like for music, it's like it's it's not necessarily. Like, I think that I, I think that I totally have the potential to be to to be a massive music artist. Um, but it, it's gonna take effort. It's gonna take time. It's gonna take uh, like it's it's not just it's not as simple as just waltzing in and being like, oh, I'm oh I'm here. Um, you have to learn. You have to you have to be able to sing. You have to be a good storyteller. You have to you know. You play things right and um and it has to be genuine you have to actually love to do it and want to do it because people can hear you can hear it you listen to a song you can tell you can hear the emotion you can feel the emotion you can um you can know if someone's doing if it's a cash grab or if it's just or if someone wants to tell a story or has an emotion they want to put out into the world um so when i a lot of times what i tell myself right now right now is like a you know for my youtube so i'm still saying the same stuff like no i'm gonna I'm, i want to kill it i'm gonna be i'm still gonna you know i'm gonna surprise people i'm gonna you know pull this out like you, you know you're gonna uh, you know, the crazy thing was with Minecraft. I always talk about it. I'm like, I want to be, I want to be the most mainstream like Minecraft mm. ever. I want to be, I want to make gaming as mainstream as I possibly can. Raise the scope. Like the scope on gaming is so low. And at, with Manhunt, I you know grew it to make it more anime. Like I want to keep growing it, and make it so mm. you can watch it. Um, you can watch it no matter what. You know, if you're even if you don't play Minecraft or whatever, you can go in or you don't game. You can watch it and enjoy it. Um, so with music, I feel like it's. I, I'm right now. I'm focusing on the being genuine part, and it's like I'm. You know, I, I want to. I, I want, you know, I'm very much like I'm going, you know, in five years, 10 years, whatever, I'm still going to be a genuine artist that's going to mm -hmm. be putting out my stories and using music as an outlet to tell the stories I want to tell. Um, and whoever wants to listen to that is going to listen to it. And um, I, because of the fact that I believe that I'm a good storyteller and I believe that I have a lot of good stories to tell. And um, I've obviously, even though it's a different avenue, I've told tons of stories through, um, you know, YouTube and I've been successful with it. I believe I could be, you know, massive in, mm -hmm. in music and be, I believe there's a large audience of people that will want to hear what I have to say and will, and will want to listen to the music and that I can, um, you know, make good music. Um, but it'll take time. I think that mm -hmm. people, uh, so, so I, I don't tell myself, oh, I'm going to be the biggest music artist. I'm, so, I'm going to be genuine and there's going to be people that are going to want to listen and it's going to grow. How did you, I think you have such a gift for making something go mainstream, as you said. I was looking up the stats. 140 million people play Minecraft every month, but at the height of your YouTube channel, you're getting over 200 million views. So, you know, obviously that's like like unique viewers and everything goes into that. But why do you think you got non-gamers to care about gaming content? Um, I mean, I think there's a lot of that's a very like uh, loaded question. There's a lot to it. But I think one, you know, one of them was like it's, it's simplifying things, making things easy. Like, like I said, if you can watch an anime and enjoy it, then you know, anime is massive. Obviously, anime overall probably has way more viewership and cartoons and stuff than you combine it way more than like Minecraft or gaming. Um, but there's no reason why it can't just be like like an anime. It's the same concept. You're you're just in a different world, but it looks there's similar things with Minecraft at least. 
Um, so I think like just broadening that scope. I mean, I mean, I simplified things a lot. Um, I took out, I, you know, one of the things, a lot of the things I did early on was like, I'm not going to add any, any, any like modifications. I'm not going to add any texture. Pad. I'm just use the default settings. Everyone mm -hmm. looks the same. So if you, if you do play Minecraft, then you'll understand it. And I'm going to make concepts that are like easy to understand. Like, okay. You know, like if you watch a video and you, you're, you're understanding a fight and you're watching somebody have more armor or something, you might not understand that. But if you're watching two versus one, you mm. know who's at the disadvantage. You know who's at the advantage. You know, oh, these two people, they're at the advantage. And this one guy, he's the underdog. Versus, like, if you have me and you put someone in diamond armor and someone in iron armor and you're someone who's never watched Minecraft, you might not even know that, oh, this guy's way more of an advantage. So even just, like, that simple concept of two versus one, three versus one, four versus one. Wow, that's crazy. He's doing four versus one. That just instantly simplifies it. And so there, there's so many things like that. There's probably hundreds of different things like that inside each video about how we record things about how you know video titles descriptions thumbnails about you know how they're done to make it so the scope is increased but it was a lot about increasing scope and i think in music it's it's, it's a very similar process for a lot of things it's like you take a song concept and you want to make it so people can relate it to their own lives and so you, you don't want to you know you don't want to sing about that one you know that, that one very very specific person unless that's the whole point of the song is you're, you're mm. making it about that very 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 specific person and they're like okay um, it's like if you're like as example, if you're using a name in a song or something, it better be because that that's a fun name to sing yeah, yeah. or whatever. Versus like if you're being very specific and instead of saying you, you're saying, I don't know, Brittany or whatever. It's like okay, it's not, it might it probably won't do as well unless that's the whole point. Yeah, so. yeah. Or like hey there, Delilah. Or, you yeah, know, exactly. Yeah, yeah, if that's yeah. the point, that's, then the, that's point. the point. It's fun to say. Dream. I wanted to ask about where does the mask go from here? What, what's your relationship with it? I, I was actually surprised. Like when I asked, uh, you know, can you take hmm. the mask off? You know. It, it was easy as taking it off. Yeah, I mean, again, I think it's just a massive part of me. It's 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 always a, something that's going to symbolize to me like anyone can do anything. And that's that's always what it was symbolized to me. Um, I think it's a it's a very unique thing. It's a, again, it's been a part of my channel and, and my you know me since you know, twenty nineteen, and I think that that's that's something that I'll always want to bring with me. And so I, I think that it's one of those things where it'll just be situational. I think it's a symbol of dream, and dream will always be. Um, you know, Dream will always be that masked, you know, figure, even if, you know, you like, exactly, when Spider-Man's Peter Parker, he's still Spider-Man. He's still Spider-Man. He still has his suit, you know, even if it's in the closet, and he mm. chooses to throw it on whenever he's going, you know. Yeah, he still has his powers. Yeah. So I think that it's it's similar to that in that, like, it's, you know, I, I have it, and I, I want to be able to use it, and I want to be able to wear it um, in times when it's meaningful. And obviously, it stands out and stuff as well. And I think that's one of the things where somebody might ask, why is he wearing the mask? And being able to hear that, oh, it's... Because he wants to, you know, he's, it's showing that it doesn't necessarily matter. Taking looks out of the equation, taking uh, who you, you know, who you are, and uh, amplifying that your personality, and, and uh, that anyone can do anything. So, um, I think the biggest separation to me is just when I'm very clearly being Dream, then I'm going to wear it, and mm -hmm. when I'm very clearly being Clay, then I won't wear it. If I had dinner with my family, I'm not going to be wearing the mask, but <laughs> ever. But, um, but if I'm, you know, in a music video that I'm trying to represent, like as an example, during the Intelligent of Dead, there was times when I wasn't wearing it, and there was mm -hmm. times when I was wearing it, and in that video it was used to represent. Um, the times when I was wearing it was uh, was when uh, Techno was uh, uh, still alive and mm. it was uh, we were doing the duel and I was still Dream. It was before I did my face reveal, so I was representing me in the past. And then when I was when I wasn't wearing it, it was me in the present. It was me waking up and seeing the pig on the uh, bedside yeah. and stuff. So that's an example of when it can be, you know, separated and when I'm wearing it, when I'm not. But I feel like there's a lot of different scenarios. So you have to ask me every specific one. Are there Easter eggs that we should keep an eye out for in your videos? You mentioned the pig in that music video. Like, are there things that you seem very like deliberate about where you're 
like putting different things in the music videos like the visuals like anything that we should look out for as you put out new videos coming up i mean i think for like music not necessarily in terms of videos but there's so many like so many of the lyrics like uh, i think i'm a good storyteller so there, yeah. there's a lot of lyrics that even now people have not caught on to like oh this is a double meaning or this means this or this could mean this and if that was true then you know whatever so that's my favorite thing about writing is mm -hmm. making things a uh, you know more meaningful than people can say like someone can look at a lyric and i'll see a reaction or something and they'll be like oh that's so basic and then i'm like maybe to you that's fine <laughs> well dude i'm so excited to see how you grow as clay how dream grows and all the things you'll do and just thanks for taking the time thank you thank yeah. you for having me all right if you made it this far hit that follow button because i think you're gonna love our next episode and leave a review it only takes a few seconds you don't even have to write anything but if you want drop in your social handle and you'd be surprised at how many times i dm folks say hi see how it can help out because ultimately meeting you guys and helping you guys is why i started this i'll see you next time